How's your shrimp? Oh, it's so good. Mistakes. Ow. Okay, well, <laughs> welcome to Best Mistakes. I'm Anya Volts. And I'm Bestie Nika. Oh, yeah, I'm Bestie Anya. And I'm Bestie Nika. And this is Bestie Mistakes. This is Bestie Mistakes. <laughs> um, you're just just really crumpling that napkin <laughs> right into the microphone. Oops, sorry. A lot of ASMR going on here in the town of upstate New York. Yeah, we are currently in the town of upstate New York. Gorgeous town. Highly recommend. So it? big. It really covers like the whole of upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, actually, it starts when you get out of New York. So basically anywhere north of Westchester is the town of upstate New York for anyone wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they should really kind of advertise how what their whole thing is more, you know? <laughs> should be like, wow, we're like really big. Um, <laughs> that's our thing. Well, yeah, we're upstate. Um, we're recording this on our, my computer and our mics. So once again, it's not Elisa quality, but you're going to have to deal. <laughs> you're going to have to deal. You're going to have to deal. Because mommy and mommy needed to go upstate <laughs> for a minute. We just had to get away from it all, you know? <laughs> It's been really stressful um, living in the city and uh, having an OnlyFans and not really needing to do anything ever. <laughs> it's been really hard on us. So we just needed to escape. Um, all of our friends that we're with, all 40 of our friends that we're with. <laughs> Don't worry, private island in upstate New York. Everyone tested. Um, yeah, all of the four other people that we're with are currently napping. So we thought, what better time um, than now to... Uh, wake them all up by probably getting really loud while doing our podcast. And so here we are. So here we are. And this is how dedicated to our craft we are. We're recording while on vacation. You know, the hustle never stops. It never stops. And that's why you should sign up to be one of our monthly contributors to the <laughs> podcast on anchor.com. $10, $20, whatever you want. Um, There is a sign up here. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen it. But there's a sign where we're staying that says, like, skiing and snowshoeing. Please do not post all. <laughs> and we were like, Dude, who told them that we're here? <laughs> um, so I we gonna, will be posting all. I am going to, as soon as you know, all the little cross-country skiers have gone off into their little cabins and lodges. I'm going to um, take a whole picture next to that sign. Yes. Uh, let's just get into it because neither of us want this to take too long because we want to get back to vacation. We want to get back to posting whole. I'm thinking that I might do some drugs tonight. Um, yeah, and just like definitely not thinking about our lives and responsibilities. So this, yeah. the faster we can get done with this podcast, I have tweeted the better. twice since I have been here yeah, and they've too. both been photos of my ass. <laughs> I love oh. it. It's just nice to um, uh, confirm to myself that I am actually not addicted to Twitter and Instagram. I am just, just on bored. it all the time because I'm fucking bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I have, but we didn't have internet for like. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, oh yeah, two of our friends are about to hook up. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> the look on Nika's face. Wow, we did just watch um, a real life, real time booty call. <laughs> Can we wrap up um, <laughs> recording? Because I'm feeling left out. <laughs> well, more incentive to... JP. <laughs> JP, can we come have sex with you? <laughs> the person that we have already said on the podcast that we want to fuck is also in this um, 
cabin with us. Yeah. There's also a gay here who I would fuck, but they're a gay. Oh. A gay guy. (laughs) They're a gay. (laughs) I feel like you still could try. Anyway, point is, we have shit we need to do. Um, All right, so what's your hot take? (laughs) (laughs) Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. Um, Okay, so my mistake of the week. I don't really feel like I had a mistake of the week per se, but I definitely, um, my manic episode hit like a two week period this week because I've not been on my meds for the last month. So like my episodes are getting longer and stronger. Longer and stronger. Longer and stronger. <laughs> Love, do you hear that? Um, <laughs> so I definitely like was uh, irritable yesterday in a way that like really made me annoyed um, because I was irritable. Um, so Wait, yesterday? Yeah, yes, mostly like at night I was feeling irritable, but not like at anyone specifically mostly just just in general Mm -hmm. and at myself and then like the more that i was like you're feeling irritable the more it pissed me off and then the more i felt like i was being a bitch or being Mm -hmm. irritable um so that was on my nerves and then i was like oh no you're you're wasting a day um but that's not really a mistake because i didn't have control over it and also it didn't nothing bad happened you still had a good day i still had a great day and night my hot take would uh, really just be about the fact that all of my friends are really hot and I want to fuck all of my friends. <laughs> well, actually, my well, yeah, um, I mean, well, so that would fall into my keepsake. My hot take is that I want to fuck all of my friends. Isn't that a hot take? <laughs> my keepsake is that I just realized that um, the last year and a half is the first time in my life where I'm friends with a truly sex positive group of people. Mm. So I... Um, don't feel shamed for being a whore. Um, <laughs> and that's nice because I'm 26 and that's pretty late in life for a lot of people to find a sex positive friend group. Yeah. So that's your keepsake. Yes. What's your hot take? Your hot take is that you want to fuck all your friends. Yeah, my hot take is that I want to fuck all of my friends. Um, and <laughs> that I think everyone should do that. Yeah. Just as long as you're not being, you know, as long as everyone is chill with exactly the terms under which you're fucking. The, yes. the only way that it gets messy is if some people feel certain things that other people don't feel. But if we're all just trying to smash hot bodies next <laughs> on top of each other, then like, yeah, fuck all your friends, guys. Yes. As long as they're hot. As long <laughs> don't as fuck hot. ugly people. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> ugly is a state of mind. Um, interesting. Okay. My keepsake is definitely just like, this trip has just been lovely so far and I've just been laughing so fucking hard and it's just very nice to laugh hard (laughs) at all Mm, Um, laugh hard Um, I'm so hard laughing (laughs) Mm, yes (sighs) yeah yeah so um, I just have been laughing a lot and like yeah my keepsake is just the warm fuzzies that I've had for everyone that we're hanging out with this weekend yeah and um just like the ways that in which that you and i as like a unit as a as a bestie pod have um been able to like make the most of kind of just a horrible year otherwise yeah um and this weekend is not the first time we've done that but it's you know it's starting to punctuate especially the winter that we've had yeah um uh, yeah and like i just think that i'm glad that we found a way to just like l- still live our lives um you know safely but to the fullest and still find joy and um youthful adventure yeah um 
And it's just really lovely. And also, like, this is a trip where I'm the one who, like, curated the friend group. And I, um, I'm i just glad all of you get along really well. It's been yeah. really lovely to watch you all like each other. Yeah. And bond. Um, my mistake... Mm, I mean, I, like... I don't know exactly what my mistake would be. I feel like it was a week of not mistakes. Yeah, I had a pretty good mis- mistake-free week. I mean, I don't know. I like. Um, I get. I could probably pull something out of my ass. Ooh, is somebody about to join us? I have to put a log on the fire. Oh yeah, you have to put a log on the fire. Sorry, guys. We have a um, a hot tub situation Sorry. where the gay I was talking about the, the just walked. The room. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, really, I was talking about you. Yeah. So you have to listen to the podcast now, bitch, to find out what we're talking about. Um, yeah, one of our friends was like, I love podcasts. I listen to any podcast. We're like, cool. Do you listen to ours? And no. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a hot tub situation here at this um, this cabin house that we're staying in where you have to, like, it, a fire is heating the hot yeah, tub. Yeah, as a visual for anyone who loves those videos of chupacabras um, being in, like, the, like, Japanese hot tubs where, yes. like, they're eating the carrots. Yes, it's and like that. It's that, like, wooden hot tub with yeah literally you have to put a log on it every few hours on the fire that like heats the hot tub so yeah the gay oh had my to God. just go put i swear to god the stars better be out tonight or if I'm, the stars are not tonight i'm free if the stars aren't out tonight i am gonna find a family over here and i'm gonna fucking murder suicide <laughs> um, well, and then we're gonna make a netflix documentary about it um so yeah my mistake this week oh i mean yesterday um we did mushrooms, which was great, and I had mostly a good time, but I did briefly get into a what am I doing with my life spiral. Oh. Um, don't know why, but sometimes, you know. It happens. I had a spiral when I came down from the shrooms, too. Yeah, it was weird because, I mean, I don't know. But like, I, always, I always spiral after shrooms. It was shrooms. fine. I mostly had, like, a wonderful time and, like, you know, the, like, just, we were just, we had a very giggly, fun trip, I feel like. Yeah. But um, for sure, yeah, we were like laughing. Just our watched little a lot of off. Disney nature documentaries on shrooms. Yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> but at a certain uh, point, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm doing nothing with my life, <laughs> and I'm a piece of shit waste of space." And then, but you know, I snapped out of it way more easily than I would have even a year ago. Oh, good. And I don't think it was because of the mushrooms. I just think it just happened to hit while I was on mushrooms because I've never had that on mushrooms before. Yeah, I but I just that. happened to. I have those spirals like every couple of weeks and it just happened to hit me and i was like no 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 not right now don't do that (laughs) yeah i was like actually you're a fucking wonderful funny cool person and um productivity and uh like your decorations of accomplishments don't mean anything yeah they don't so shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah with love with peace and love um so that's my mistake my hot take Hmm. Hot take is that um, this pandemic has been really hard on everybody's interpersonal relationships. I feel I feel like the more we kind of have had situations where we open up to a friend, um, all of us have agreed that this pandemic has either solidified people that we like just don't want to be around anymore. Like, oh, I haven't been around that person in a long time and I'm not going to be when the pandemic's over like yeah. that feeling. Or there's just been a a lot of people who have had falling outs with their close friends during this yeah, pandemic, I've noticed. Totally. Myself among them. And um, my hot take is that that is not bad. Yeah. I think it's been, it's hard, especially when it's someone you're really close to, 
like it's a breakup, you know, you have to like mourn it and, and, um, process it and also maybe come back to each other and like find yourselves once you've both grown from that experience and like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Just kind of clank around. <laughs> so if you've lost a friend and you want them to come back um, to you, call 1-800-BEST-MISTAKES. I think ultimately, like, this has been a huge... Brantley, you could just do this not right now. I'm just to hold on to it. You picked it up, though. We did this because everyone was napping, and now we have some busybodies just wanting to just clank some bottles around. Busybodies who watch podcasts or listen to podcasts, but not ours. You know, just (laughs) (laughs) really go go upstairs and think about what you've done and and listen to the podcast from the beginning. Okay, and then you can write us in about what your mistake today was (laughs) because maybe it was this (laughs) tidying up the kitchen while we're recording a podcast in it. Maybe it was that. Um, Anyway, I just think that this has been a life transition for like everybody collectively. And I just think it's a good thing that people are maybe growing apart from each other and to not, if you're one of those people, cause I was one of them and am one of them. Um, obviously do all the grieving you need to do, but like, don't be too hard on yourself. If like you're finding it harder to connect with people you once connected with, Like this has been a year of tremendous growth and regression for people. And we're not all going to come out of it this like uh, on the same page. Um, And it's like good to move on. Yeah. And you'll probably come back to each other um, as friends or acquaintances or whatever. Like when the like really tough, chaotic part of all of this is maybe subsided. Yeah. Um, But also if you don't, that's fine. Yeah. That's my hot take. Cause I've, and breakups too. A lot of breakups have been happening during the pandemic. I love that hot take. And I just feel like everyone I know right now is kind of processing a, um, a friendship or relationship ending. Uh, and they're taking it really hard and really personally. And I'm like, babe, this yeah. is what we're going through as a society right now. And you're going to find good people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I do have an actual hot take and it's quick. Um, okay. I just didn't feel like talking about it because I don't feel like being deep right now. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I? No, it's fine. I mean, like, that's literally the whole point of our podcast is <laughs> that we're, like, deep sometimes. Um, but I'll just make it quick, which is... That's my hot take. My hot take is just that dysphoria for any trans people, for any trans people tuning into the pod, unfortunately, dysphoria does follow you for the rest of your life and hits you when you least expect it. But, like, truly, it does. I have not felt dysphoric in a very long time. And then this weekend, at one point, I was feeling it and then I, like, couldn't shake it. Um, no, no one made me feel that way. It literally just came out of nowhere, and it was a very strange feeling. Was it Dua Lipa? Did Dua Lipa make you feel that way? Well, I mean, Dua Lipa definitely watching those videos like put me into it even more. Where I was like, "Oh, I'll never look like that." And it's like, yeah, girl, because you come from a family of like very skinny, short women, and you're. Say, I'm never gonna look like yeah, Dua Lipa either. I, yeah, I was like, it's because I'm a. F- Fucking <laughs> and then I was like, no, it's because Julipa is like a thick Albanian girl. <laughs> yeah, and, it's and you're not. Um, but yeah, it just, I don't know. Just a hot take is that it does follow you and that um, we all, all trans girlies and trans people go through it. And I think that it's something important to talk about and to remember because I think there's like this opinion that younger trans people or people early on in their transition have of 
girls like me who pass in most settings and have had bottom surgery and are considered conventionally attractive. And it's it's all true. Very hot. I'm very hot with a fat pussy. Um, and no one knows I'm trans. And a tight ass. And a tight <laughs> Um <laughs> But I just, I think it's important to talk about because I think like, um, I had this idea for myself when I first came out that like, once I hit a certain mark, I wasn't going to feel any of those things anymore. And it's just like not true. And I think it's like very, um, it's just like not a healthy way to view um, any kind of like trauma or dysmorphia that you have about yourself. Like it's a lifelong thing and nothing is linear and it does ebb and flow. Um, and I just think that it is good to be mindful of that so that when those times come, you can be prepared for it and try to swat it away and then go back to living your hot life. Um, yeah, so that's it. And if I may, You've looked so hot this whole weekend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So have you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I love that hot take. I don't even know. What's the fuck up of the week? What has been going on this week? Yeah, I don't. Oh, oh, the fuck up of the week is Kristen Cinema, And the so the Senate just um, voted on the $15 minimum wage and six Democrats voted or between six and 10, I believe voted against it. And so it did not pass. Um, Yeah. Senator cinema was one of them. She's a, um, she is a recent uh, Senator somewhere in Arizona. She took Sally, she took some female Republican seat. um, And she's like the Senator who like has been wearing like, really cheap like colorful wigs to the senate chamber and like said that it was to to show what social why social distancing is important i don't fucking know what she's talking about anyway she was lauded as being like the first bisexual queer senator from yeah well she voted against it and there's a video of her on twitter that has been going around of her like getting up and like doing like a thumbs down with like a hip hop and then kind of like sassily walking away. But why? Who who knows? I mean, ev- so the net worth was put up for every senator besides her who voted against it. Obviously, they all have millions of dollars. Mm. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what back. Let's, let's buy erase her. What back? Yeah, what back? Well, this is why I hate bisexual people. <laughs> what what back room deal was made? But I would say that is definitely the fuck up of the week mm-hmm. that we. Literally every single promise Biden made on the campaign trail, he so far has gone back on and it's only been two months. Oh, wasn't there like an enormous thing in Alabama that happened with trans rights? Oh, yes. There's also a bill in Alabama that Laverne Cox has been talking about. And I don't remember the specifics of it. I don't either. Now I feel bad because I was kind of like, I don't want to think about things that make me angry right now. But hold on. I'll look it up. Okay. Um, yeah, and there's also one in like Minnesota. There's like a bunch that are being introduced right oh, wait, now. I remember will... it's like if you're under 19, um, you can't get under 19, under 19, you can't get gender affirming um, medical care. Okay, that's yeah. what it was in Alabama. And so, <sighs> yeah, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you probably don't need to need us to explain to you why that fucking blows, <laughs> but um. 
I mean, I've always stood by, or since I've transitioned, I've always stood by the fact that um, anytime I see a trans person kill themselves in the United States, I always say that that was state-sanctioned murder. Mm -hmm. Um, And people are like, that's a crazy thing to say. Can you expand on that? (laughs) And I will expand on that. And this is why our government, state by state, and even federally often allows states to make these really, really regressive laws um, that then lead to trans youth becoming even more depressed and trapped. And then they go out and they kill themselves or they're murdered for being trans. And specifically in the context of this bill, the kind of like right-wing uh, pushback against this bill, and not even right-wing, because there are a lot of Democrats who are going to end up getting behind this. So get ready, girlies, theys, and boys, because the culture war is coming for us. And it's quite <laughs> frankly scary. Yeah. Um, like the TERF uh, gender-critical movement in the UK has fully blown over to the United States this year, and it's horrifying. But the logic that they try to give with these laws is that, well, somebody who is under the age of 18 shouldn't be able to go on hormone blockers, for instance, because it is an irreversible change, which, true, yeah, it can, it will irreversibly make it so that you don't have the hormones that you don't want in your body. But also, when you then want to go on hormones when you're 19 or 18, because you didn't go get to go on hormone blockers, that's also irreversible. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, and then you, instead of being able to be a trans person who goes on hormones when they're 14, and then they can pass in society as looking like a cis person, have that safety, get hired, find love, etc. All of the things that you would think that cis people might want for us if they just want us to look like normal people and kind of like not be so, so much of a, uh, someone that you could clock in a crowd, then why would you go and then make these laws where trans people now cannot, now they're going to be even more visibly trans when they're adults and they want to transition. And then you have like, you know, older trans people who are now being marginalized, not just because they're trans, but because they look visibly trans. So it's like at every step of the way, it's so clear to me that all of these All that these people care about in terms of the gender critical movement is not making it so that trans people are thinking a little bit more clearly about the irreversible damages that we might be doing to our bodies or the irreversible changes. It's literally all about just making it so that it's absolutely impossible for us to survive. And to be trans people. And to be trans people. You just want us to either stay in the closet or to lose our minds until we kill ourselves. Yeah. Like that is, that would just be the logical conclusion with what these laws do. I'm like, you can't call me a man to invalidate me either because yeah. I'm not one Literally. bitch. <laughs> Literally. If I'm a man, but there's a, there was a black um, trans sex worker who was arrested in the 50s and went on trial because instead of pleading guilty for wearing men's clothes, she was like, I'm not guilty, I'm a woman. And uh, while she was... Um, like in the, you know, box being grilled by the prosecution, they said something like, well, aren't you a man? And she said something along the lines of, well, if I'm a man, that's news to me. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just going to start using that from now on forever. Yeah. Love that. (laughs) Queen. (laughs) It's so funny. Turfs love to like, whatever. They're just so annoying. I really fucking hate them. (laughs) But they added me to these lists called like, they would, they named the lists male rights activists oh my god and um i went through and followed all the other accounts because they're all just like 
That's so funny. funny trans and non-binary people. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm a men's. Yeah, last week we said we weren't feminists. This week we're telling you we're men's, we're men's rights, rights activists. activists. This is a men's right act- rights activist podcast. Joe Rogan, bring us on the pod. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Um, please. We're looking uh, to get sponsored. Um, you've been. This is your uh, official warning that we're coming for your. Not that Joe Rogan is a male rights activist, but <laughs> we're trying to come for your whole brand. Is what we're trying to say. Um, cause we're doing DMT in a few weeks. We are doing DMT in a <laughs> few weeks. And after that, it's over. It's over. And it's over. And you're also getting fully vaccinated the day before we do DMT. True. And my other hot, my last hot take is that men who are beneath the height of 5'7 have no business rejecting me. And I'm just gonna <laughs> leave it at that. I just have to get that one out of my system. Anyway, I will be. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> Sam, who just moved back to DC. To do your fucking video production job. Anyway, when you're back when you're back in New York, if you do want to fuck, I'll be around. Um, <laughs> even though you rejected me, um, yeah, I will be fully vaccinated because I got my first shot um, last week. I got my second on the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth. I got the Pfizer one, so I have the one they're all really raving about. And if you do live in New York City. Or anywhere in New York, I guess. And you need help um, making an appointment. And you're like, I don't know if I'm eligible yet. <laughs> DM me. And we'll, I'll make we'll, you an appointment. We'll get you an appointment. Babe. I have made several people appointments. I will help you. The T is everyone's actually eligible right now. If because they just say they are. pandemic. Yeah. Um, so literally just go make your appointment. They're not asking for proof at the vaccine sites. Get that vaccine. Yeah, that's the hot take. That's the real hot. Yeah. That's the, the fucking hot take tea today i got vaccinated and was asked for no proof yeah new york city they're not asking for proof just do it it's better it's better for everybody if everybody gets vaccinated and there are people who are being critical on twitter or on instagram about like don't jump the line who i know for a fact personally jumped the line so stop paying attention to those people and also there's no line the people who needed it got vaccinated already in new york in new york Um, let's be clear there's no line that you're jumping (laughs) yeah truly um okay we love you we're talking about the bling ring today so enjoy enjoy so oh also one last hot take listen to the song drunk text by paris hilton yes. if you haven't because we do talk about paris hilton a lot in this episode and um i just really feel like the world needs to listen like you'll know why uh listen to it in full and then when you get back listen to her getting robbed by a bunch of kids from calabasas yes and then that's that's what I'm begging of you right now. Okay. But we it. have to go because we have to go suck cock and dick. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go sexually harass our friends. So we got to go. Love you. Love you. Now for a listener mistake. Listener mistakes. This, uh, this listener mistake comes from Woody Woodger. Um, they say, Hey, Nika and Anya, use my name, please. I love the attention. (laughs) And I get it. Same. Okay. Anyway, so it was you, Anya, who told me about... Okay. This is why I'm like, it couldn't have been me because I cannot pronounce this word. (laughs) I I read this mistake uh, before reading it now. And I'm like, I don't know if this person... I don't remember saying anything like this, but I'll take the credit if it's a good thing that I told you. So it was you, Anya, who told me about spironolactone. That was me. Yeah, it's you, right? Yeah, that's that's a 
testosterone uh, suppressor. I was like, lactane. All right. Well, so it was definitely Nika, not me. But this is also a direct result of us not ever saying our names during the podcast. <laughs> you know, like and maybe yeah. they just think that your name or your voice oh, is wait. Anya's. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, they just spelled it wrong. Okay. So what? How do you pronounce it? Sp- it Spiro or Spiron Spiron Lactone. It's S P I R O N O L A C T O N E. Okay. But yeah, it's a testosterone blocker. And Wait, it, that's I think that's okay, whatever. Um Spiro for short. Okay. I didn't know it leaves you crazy until you said something. I immediately paused your pod. Fake fucking fan, please kill me. <laughs> you can you're allowed to pause our pod, don't worry. As long as you press play again at some point. Um, and scrounge the internet for some confirmation. Fatigue, lack of sex drive, needing to pee a bunch. Uh, buried in one Slate article, I found actual trans women calling it brain fog. Mm-hmm. But actually describing how debilitating the fog was. An English teacher had trouble... An English teacher had trouble reading, reading the same par- same passage over and over again and retaining nothing. That's what kept happening to me in my grad program. The whole fucking reason I moved to D.C. with my boyfriend. I'd be in class trying to workshop a poem or trying to make a syllabus or a fucking essay. And it was like my finger joints were made of, made of balloon. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts were dizzy and tensionless. I couldn't write. I had mental breakdowns constantly. My emotional regulation was so compromised. I was, I was compromised. Why did it take me so long to realize that it was, of course, the medication? Isn't it always? I wanted and still want to not believe it, but on a, drive up to Ithaca a few weekends ago for a COVID-safe Airbnb getaway with my boyfriend. Yeah, right. How dare you go on a getaway during COVID? Fucking murderer. (laughs) Murderess. No one we know would do anything like that. Ever. Can't wait for this weekend. Anyway. It's going to be so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped taking the... um, The Spiro? Yeah, but they, they make a joke that... Uh, they like spell it differently and okay. I'm, I'm missing the joke. The first fucking day and I could think again, it was as if I was remagnetized and the words could sniff me out again. <laughs> I was back on my, back to my normal crazy, but babes, it's my boobs. They're deflating. Like my boyfriends did when he started taking tea. My nipples pinch into themselves when weeks ago they were cherubed. The testosterone's quickly eroding the little progress my treatment made. I broke down today. Googled around to see if any of what I lost could return to me like how words did. Broke a nail, found nothing helpful, made my neighbors hate me and my gay ass whining a little more, then called my doctor to set up another appointment, still crying. It went fine. I had to explain everything like you always have to do just to be allowed to pay them for something that should be free. At the end, the receptionist said, thank you, Mr. Andrew. Is there anything else we can do for you? And my mistake was not telling her to fuck off. My mistake was not taking my spyro whatever, (laughs) Um, in the first place, not the self-harm, not having a freak out, Um, not living in a place with such thin walls, I can't afford not making another appointment or not making another appointment with a doctor who is supposedly the best, but also seems to have underserved me. My mistake was putting so much trust in a world in medicine specifically that is hostile to me. My mistake was thinking that other people want me to be 
my version of happy. The real mistake was I didn't do enough research ahead of time to protect myself from everyone's help. This isn't some personal responsibility spiel. Choke me with Ben Shapiro's intestines. This, like every mistake, is only the soul's desperate urging to be the last clot in the in a bloodline. It's hard, necessary work you do here. Thank you. My mistake right now is willing the cats to like me and putting too much too much of my self worth in if they want to <laughs> and if they want to siphon my body heat. Love Woody, she, her, whatever. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I just. I don't really, I don't think, um, I don't know what your mistake was. I mean, Spiro sucks. All of the dolls know that. So it's like not a mistake that you stop taking it. I stopped taking Spiro. I know a lot of girls who um, don't take it, even though they like didn't have bottom surgery and still have testosterone in their bodies. It makes you crazy. Um, I guess like your only mistake is like you didn't really you don't know how to advocate for yourself medically which is like something we all have to learn as trans people it's like it's up it's not to be dakota fanning in um uptown girls but it's a harsh world out there (laughs) you really do you have to learn how to advocate for yourself medically as a trans person you you can't expect unfortunately that you're going to get the right advice or that you're like going to be helped by your doctor just because they provide treatment Uh, to you as a trans person with hormone replacement therapy. Um, I mean, like, my only advice as someone who's been through this would be to stop taking the Spiro if it is continuing to make you feel as intense as you just described and see if they'll put you on a higher dose of progesterone or estradiol. I would suggest, if you're not on progesterone, asking them to put you on that. Um... And yeah, just take a deep breath, baby girl. Yeah. It's, it's going to be okay. I know it sucks. Hormones make you feel crazy. Um, I got my like biggest piece of advice would be to just um, keep reminding yourself that like 95% of what you're feeling is probably not rational and is a result of the fact that you're literally forcing your body through a second puberty. Nothing is lost forever with hormones. I mean, I went off hormones for three years. I'm back on them and I have tits again. Like, it just... Yeah. You didn't, like, fuck... You didn't, like, like, fuck up your body for good. So you're fine. I would say your only mistake was thinking that I'm the one that said anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely Nika. Yeah, I Um, I talk about it in the first episode, I think. Yeah, I'm also kidding. It's so easy to not know which one of us is which because we never say our names. True. So don't worry about it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm Anya. And I am uh, not trans. So unfortunately, I don't have a lot to offer on this specific topic other than just the kind of the the story that you're telling yourself, I think is not um, specific to the trans experience. I think um, all of us have moments of just like, you know, starting over on something that you were you know, feel, I I feel like what I'm sensing and maybe I'm reading this wrong is that you feel a sense of like, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. Yeah. And like, that is so natural and common, no matter what it is that you're going through in your life. Um, and the steps forward were a lot further than any steps back because you're on a like, you know, journey of, um, doing the right thing for yourself. And that journey yeah. might have hiccups, but you're, the fact that you're doing it at all is the step forward. 
And yeah, don't believe your thoughts. Your thoughts are there to be rude to you. <laughs> yeah. And listen, here's something I wish that I had been told when I first started transitioning, which is transitions take time, a lot of time. It's going to take years for your body and your face to look the way that you probably want it to look just from being on hormones. Um, I mean, I like, I, you know, I've been back on hormones for a little over a year. I'm going to look vastly different in like three years. Um, and so it just, it takes time. So, and unfortunately it's like miserable for, I would say the first two years, the first two years of transitioning suck. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you and say that it gets better. Like that it'll, you know, it's the first two years are horrible. So <laughs> buckle up, <laughs> buckle up, baby, get ready. It does suck in a lot of ways, but you're doing what you need to do to make yourself feel better and to feel whole. Lean into the people that are there to support you. Have your outbursts when you need to have them. Just remember that, um, the people around you are also going through their own journey. So like, don't take your try. If you are, try not to take your Spiro estrogen spirals out on the people who love you. I did that. I think a lot of us do it when we first come out as trans and, um, it's not nice or fair to the people who are there to support us. Spiro forces pretty much like forces you into menopause while estrogen forces you into puberty. Mm. So you're like growing tits and you have like a fucking crazy appetite and you're really emotional and horny. And then Spiro comes in and suddenly you have no sex drive and you're having hot flashes. And like your brain is foggy. And your brain is foggy and your blood pressure is low. It's like very weird. Girlies, I'm so sorry that you go through that. Yeah, I mean, I... I stopped. I was on Spiro for a few months, and then I was like, fuck this. It well, this also just, makes your dick not work. So I was like, fuck this. I'm getting bottom surgery. This just reminds me of a conversation that you and I have had privately a lot, but we've never really talked about on the pod, where, like, it's not always TERFs that do this, but TERFs and then a lot of other well-meaning cis women will say shit about, like, how trans women, like, you know... There's certain things that trans women don't experience that are hard about womanhood. Yeah. But, like, this is a perfect example of that there are th- certain things about womanhood that cis women yeah. don't experience. Yeah. And it's like, we're all going through shitty shit. Yeah, like, try going through puberty and menopause at the same time when you're in your 20s. <laughs> and tell me what that's like, babe. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to make it a competition. I'm I trying am. to make it <laughs> comparable by I know what you mean. And, yeah, I mean... I'm it, a trans supremacist. <laughs> And I'm an ally. <laughs> <laughs> That's it in there. That's it in there. Don't want to hear it. Um, Had it up to my neck. Do you want to take us on a deep dive? Not really, but I will. Um, yeah. Nika. Uh, fuck you. Deep dive. Deep dive. Okay, well, this is like an overarching, like, the, the mistake of this deep dive is like pretty much, it's kind of like a the experience I had of going back to somebody over and over again for years who I rarely call people abusive and I rarely will self-diagnose a person like on a serious level. Mm -hmm. But I was friends with this. I mean, I've known this person was my first kiss. Mm -hmm. Like I've known this person since I was 13, 12. We dated for like a week. First kiss. We reconnected in a friend group when I was a senior in high school. Um, And 
Then when I moved back to Rhode Island after I dropped out of college in New York, we became super tight. And then like right, I moved home right after I had uh, come out as trans, like six months after I'd come out as trans. And right around the same time, they started um, like their transition as being non-binary. Um, so like we, th- it was like a long overarching experience of knowing this person consistent red flags, seeing how they treated people, everyone in their life, and, like, the very calculated ways in which they would evade responsibility for their shitty actions. And me consistently going back to them and pretty much thinking that, like, it won't happen to me. Mm. Even though I constantly, like, was afraid of this person. I was, like, afraid to, like, talk about how I felt. So, the deep dive itself... I, um, I lived with this, I, I moved in with this person, um, in 2019 before moving to New York. Um, I I don't remember when, in like September and it lasted until January. And then I moved in with my dad for a month. So that's how bad it got (laughs) that I moved back (laughs) in with my dad and his wife. Love you guys, but you, yeah, living with your parents, uh, no. Um, (laughs) It's a last resort kind of decision. Very much a last resort. So there were lots of red flags, as I said, always that I, like, looked the, kind of turned the, you know, looked the other way from, um, because they were pretty much my only close friend in Rhode Island, Um, uh, especially, like, my really only queer friend in Rhode Island. Um, and so we would have our falling outs and then we would start talking again. I moved in with them and I thought things were good. They were like being really supportive and they were really supporting my like sobriety at the time. Then when I decided that I actually wanted to reintroduce substances back into my life in a way that felt safe to me, they were also supportive of that. Um, they, it seemed Like, it it felt like we were finally in a place where we had a friendship that was, like, based on mutual respect. And I I don't want to act like I wasn't, like, I didn't do shitty things in this friendship, because I did. But, like, most of, most of, like, what I did that was, like, bad friend stuff was, like, avoidance issues. Mm -hmm. Like, avoiding conflict, avoiding, just avoiding them at all costs when I would know that they were mad at me. Um... So anyway, um, I think it was like December. Um, yeah, right before I moved out, um, my sister was in Rhode Island, came to Rhode Island. We hung out, this person and my sister. Um, and this person basically took it upon themselves to, while I was at like the other end of the bar, go like drink with my sister and basically tell my sister that they were worried that I was going to fail in New York, that I was going to bring all of my like bad pattern, behavioral patterns and coping mechanisms with me, etc. Like just like really heinous shit that like you don't say about your best friend. Yeah. While like at the same time had been saying the complete opposite to me. 
um, because that was my to say that too to choose the person that's gonna tell you. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was like very <laughs> so and weird. also the person that like I was thinking of moving in with at the time. <laughs> so I was like real. I was like, oh, I like that's like sabotage. A hundred and ten percent. Yeah. Um, so I like uh, I kind of like had a feeling that that was gonna happen that night, and then it did. And then my sister told me what happened, and I immediately was like, I'm like. I'm done. My hands are washed clean of this friendship. I'm going to move out. I want nothing to do with this person ever again. This is like the millionth time that they have done something heinous to me. It's not worth it. I don't I don't want this person in my life anymore. So, long story short, I like posted about it on my close friends and I like forgot to take someone out of my close friends who then told this person like, what I had said in the close friend story. And there. Um, which I didn't really care, because I didn't say anything that I wouldn't have said to them. I just, like, wasn't... You were just venting. I was just venting in that moment at, like, 2 in the morning. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we... We, like, got into a fight about it, and they... Like, convinced... They, I was like, I'm just gonna stay at my dad's. Like, I don't... Like, I'll move out my stuff, but I'm gonna stay at my dad's for now. And they were like, no, like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And I was like, I don't really want to talk about it. But, <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. So we go out and we, like, we go... It's, like, so it's snowing this night. The roads are pretty fucked up. We go out. We go to a bar because I didn't want to... I wanted it to be in a neutral setting so that there wasn't, like, a power dynamic at hand where we're, like, talking about it in their apartment. Yeah. We go to a bar. The conversation is, like, revolved around them and their hurt feelings. I can't really get a word in edgewise. They're, like, pretty much gaslighting me, like, not really allowing me to say how I feel. So I basically, like, drink my way through it. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, we're not we're not gonna agree on this. Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe we can have a... Uh, Maybe we can have a friendship where I don't really trust this person anymore and I don't I I'm, I don't tell them personal shit but there's someone that I've known for a decade totally. and I can accept them for their fucked up flaws and, and just, just have boundaries have them. boundaries and have them at arm's length. I'm moving to New York, it's going to be fine. Long story short, I'm drinking cuz I'm not driving. We go to three more bars. And mind you, I'm, like, checking in on them and are, like, after their second drink, I'm, like, hey, you should stop drinking now because it's snowing out and, and you're, you're driving. driving. Yeah. And their signature drink is bullet whiskey on the rocks. <sighs> so it's not like they're drinking a beer. It's not like they're, like, I'll be fine. Yeah, no, they're, like, they're drinking hard alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, you should probably chill. But I'm getting progressively more drunk. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, like, forget about it. And I'm, like, whatever. Long story short, I... We get to the last bar, and they're like, I'm going to go in and play um, a game of pool before they close, and then we'll go home. And I was like, all right. So we go into the bar. I love that this was a, like, talking about your feelings bar crawl that you guys Yeah, had. it was really weird. It, like, yeah, it very much... <laughs> but, I mean, this is what they do to people, to be honest. Yeah. They, like, they get people intoxicated, and then they're like, mm, let me make you feel bad. Yeah. Um, for Let me make you feel bad for calling me out for things that I should be called out for. <laughs> Um, well, that's what fucking manipulative people do. Yep. Um, 
So and I've done it. I've been that manipulative yeah. person. So I say that with full knowledge of what it feels like to Same. be like flipping it on someone. Same. I try to not do it anymore with self-awareness. Yeah. But I just full disclosure. If anyone's listening to this and being like, mm. Anya, you did that to me four years ago. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah. If anyone who knows this person <laughs> who listens to this is like, who's also friends with me is like thinking of messaging me about this later on to like get mad at me. Um, let me just give you a blanket statement of a uh, fuck off. Yeah. Um, Cause I can already think of like three people who might reach out to me. And I just want you to know that I literally um, don't care um, <laughs> about what you have to say in the situation. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> so bar crawl ensues. So bar crawl ensues. I, so I like, I'm pretty drunk. I've had like three or four drinks and I smoke weed with someone outside of the bar. And immediately I'm like, Ugh. I'm crossfaded. So I get their keys and I'm like, I'm going to go sleep in your car. Let me know when you're ready. Cause I'm like still living with them at this point. So we're going to go home together. Um, and mind you, I like had left my dad's house that night being like, I don't, I don't want to see this person. Mm. And like had like a weird, really like weird feeling in my stomach. Right. Like I like was like crying on my way to like go meet up with them. And it was like really upset. And I, it was just weird, but I clearly knew something bad was going to happen. I fall asleep in their car and I wake up in their car to us getting into a car accident. Um, to the car, like, sliding, basically, like, sliding out on black ice. Not because of the black ice, but because not only were they drunk, they were also speeding. And I know that they were speeding because they would always speed. Um... The car, I wake up to the car about to hit impact on the oh, highway barrier. God. Thank God there was no one on the road because it was a, a the, like the early stages of a snowstorm. Otherwise, we would have died. Um, and the car is totaled. The airbags go off. Like, I've never been in a car accident like that in my life. Mind you, I'm drunk and I like wake up to this. As Lucy Dawkins' Night Shift is playing. <laughs> um, oh, it's like, always so important. The, the, the queerest shit ever. Literally, like, the bridge of the song, You'll Take the Night to Five, <laughs> is literally playing as the car is like... <laughs> um, anyway, long... We, we got out of the car, and here's what ensues. Cops were called. Cops come. They have us... They take the car away. They put us in, like, the tow truck. They have us meet them, like, off of a highway exit at, like, a McDonald's parking lot. They're questioning this person, the driver, who is very obviously drunk. And um, they look at me and they ask, you know, like, did you have anything anything to drink? And I was like, yeah, I'm drunk and I'm not driving. But yeah. yes, I'm drunk. I was like, I wasn't aware that they were drunk. Like, sorry. Um, and literally the cop says to me, I should give your friend a DUI, but I don't want to ruin a life tonight. So I'm going to let you go. And I'm literally, mind you, looking at the cop, like, with Please give li- literally, like, yeah, but they're right DUI. next to me. So I, like, can't. But, like, if they hadn't been, I would have been, like, give them a DUI. Yeah. They almost killed me. They deserve They it. deserve a DUI. Yeah. That they just did a horrible thing. Like, they should definitely feel a uh, lesson learned from this situation. Yes. And not like, damn, I lucked out. Yep, but this is what happens when you are a cute white person, as we both know. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. Um, 
So... Not that I'm pro, like, cop consequences. No, I'm not pro cop consequences. But, but I'm when pro, it comes to like, that... I'm, I'm pro there being some kind of, like, lesson you need to learn if you drive drunk. Yeah, you should get a DUI. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not going to jail because of the DUI. No, you, just... you have to, like, take a class. Yeah. And you have to, like... No, you can't have a license for a few months. Yeah. That's, how, that's like, like that's... perfectly normal Yeah, that's, behavior. like, a perfect amount of consequences. <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> instead of, like... We, like, get home, and instead of, like, making sure in the next, like, two days that I'm okay and I'm not hurt and, like, etc., it, like, quickly becomes about them. And they, like, ask me not to sue their insurance so that their premium won't go up. They... um, They say that I'm lying when I tell a mutual friend at the apartment that they were drunk. Um... And that I'm making it up. And we end up just like, it, it, that, it was like the end of our friendship. And we got into a huge fight about it. I move out. I like leave my old mattress in their apartment as a fuck you. Cause deal they with this. Deal with this. Because I honestly should have pressed charges or like sued their insurance. And I chose not to. Because I just wanted a clean break. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this is like just a person who is... I guess, like, the, you know, the the mistake here to me is that, again, like, I willingly went back to this person over and over again. And not only did I, like, go back to them as their friend, and, like, not only did it have to take something, like, a near-death experience for me to wake up and be like, whoa, I don't want to be friends with this person anymore. I, like, was a kind of, like, their protector. And, like, mm. I, you know, they were, like, really abusive to people in our hometown, and gained a reputation as being an abuser and i like was like their champion Mm. and was like they're not an abuser these people are lying you're all like you're all fucking making this shit up yada 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 and it's like looking back i'm like oh i know what was wrong i was in the throes of being in a relationship with a malignant narcissist to be honest like i and that's a role that i am very comfortable playing as being like a narcissist flying monkey yeah because i feel safe in that role because i have experience a lot in a lot of my interpersonal relationships in the past being the flying monkey um yeah and like you know not to use a buzzword but like empaths do tend to be drawn to narcissists yeah because we want to and I even hate... I don't like referring to myself as an empath because I feel like the first sign that someone is not an empath (laughs) is them calling themselves one. But just, like, people who are, you know, feel a lot of empathy and, like, want to see things from everyone's perspective are, like, desperate to see the humanity in abusers and in narcissists. Yeah. And so we... It's like we develop a confirmation bias to see, like, see, aren't they such a great person when they, like, do the bare minimum or when they, like end up, like, dressing the wound that they gave you. Yeah. And so it's very um, understandable to end up in that situation. Like, it happens literally to the best of us. Yeah, it's funny. So, we, so like, our, what, our last fight that we got into was, like, over Instagram, like, DMs. And I just, like, let loose and, like, said basically all of this to them. And the last thing they said to me was, yeah, you're welcome, Nika, for putting your seatbelt on you. Like, you would have died that night if it weren't for me. Like, and I was like, oh, thanks for buckling me up before you drove drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you would have died that night if it weren't for me? No, I wouldn't have, because I wouldn't have been in a fucking car accident. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're a Ugh. truly um, 
heinous human being. <laughs> um, and hey. we've been talking about them a lot because they've been on my mind a lot because I found out from a close friend recently that they have been like liking my other close friends, like super old Instagram posts from oh, your, so I'm like, Oh, I know what you're doing. We've never gone more than it. We've like had falling outs, but it's never lasted more than a year. And now we're coming up on a year over a year. I'm like, Oh babe, you really like thought we're not playing that game. This yeah. Time. You like thought that I was like going to move to New York and then either like burn out here and fail mm. and come back to around crawling come, back. Yeah. Or that I would just like decide I wanted to be friends with you again. Yeah. But like, no. And hey, here's the thing. Maybe this person is capable of growth and change. Everybody, for the most part, is. Yeah. And that's their journey to go on. No, they are. That's the, that's the problem. Is that they're so capable of it. <laughs> but, but then they, they don't do it. But they refuse. Like, they've yeah. been in therapy since high school. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, we could easily tell that, like, if they were a host of this podcast, the mistake that, like, they made a mistake in that story, which was driving drunk and, like, gaslighting their friend. And, like, you know, I feel like... We're not, we're not just, like, condemning other people's mistakes while, like, you know, like, practicing vulner, like, radical vul- vulnerability with our own. Like, this person hurt you and could have killed you, and so it's your right to, like, fucking not give them that grace. Yeah. And I just am saying, like, on a, like, intellectual level, we understand that this person is just as capable of and deserves, like, redemption for their mistakes, but that is not our journey or, like, your responsibility to be, like, there for that. Like, sometimes the best thing to do for someone, the most loving thing to do for both you and that person is to never speak to them again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, like, definitely, it, um, I'm so glad that I don't talk to them anymore, um, and... Like, I'm still able to, like, look back on, like, the nice memories that we had together. It's kind of, like, they truly are dead to me in a lot of ways. <laughs> right. Like, for so I haven't thinking about them this week, but usually I don't. Um, and, yeah, like, obviously we both did, like, weird things in our friendship. But, like, the amount of grace I gave this person before finally reaching that point of being, like, you are dead to me. Mm-hmm. Like... That, like, if if you, like, measured that grace, it would be, like, the size of the Great Wall of China. Like... All the grace in Nika's body could fit in the Great Wall of China. Because I give people so much grace yeah. because I have fucked up a lot in my yeah. life. So, like, it takes me so long to end a relationship because I'm very loyal and I'm very sentimental. And, again, I think that the beauty of friendships is allowing people a lot of grace, but... And forgiveness and stuff. No more grace. You know, like, this person is worthy of, like... Because I think literally every person on Earth is, like, worthy of at least the chance of redemption, but only redemption as far as their personal, like, arc goes. Like, it doesn't... Redemption doesn't always mean, like, that the people that they hurt or the people that have since cut them out because of their actions now get to be like, oh, good job, you fixed everything. Welcome back. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I think it all comes from a place of, or I know it all came from a place, for me at least, of having, like, extremely low self-esteem because of how insecure I was over how I lived my life in Rhode Island. Um, And them, they, like, they did that very abusive thing of constantly being like, I'm the only one that really gets you. Like, I'm the only one that really supports you. And I heard it so many times from them that I was like, oh, that must be true. You really are the only friend that I have who gets me and is there for me That's and loves me. That's an abuse me. tactic. Yeah, no, they were, like, extremely abusive towards <sighs> me. And not just me, every friend they've had. Every yeah. close friend and partner they've had 
has come back and been like, that person abused me. And I was just like the last one standing. And so I guess my mistake was both not valuing myself more and also allowing myself to defend this person who really hurt a lot of people and defended them in a way where I actively maligned the people that they, that were calling them out. Mm. Um, And looking back, I'm like, oh, that was horrible. I don't have really have a lot of guilt regarding it because I understand the position that I was in. You were also in the midst of your own abuse. Exactly. And that's what, that's the cycle of abuse. You know, you don't see it clearly until you get out of it. Totally. Um, Yeah. So that's my deep dive, baby. Well, that actually does kind of relate to today's story. Best mistake. Today's um, best mistake is the um, Hollywood Hills burglary bunch, a.k.a. the real story behind the bling ring. And the reason that it's related, I don't know about how much manipulation and abuse was going on behind scenes, but it's really like more like the car accident, I would say, is what relates because um i think a lot of people got uh swept up in a like not nearly as dangerous as far as life and death goes but a dangerous situation because of kind of like one person's um like obsession and boredom in their own lives Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it sounds like this person. Yeah, so like that's what I mean. It's like is kind of related. It's not like it's not um you know, completely comparable, but I also don't want to absolve everyone involved in these things just because I think one person was like the like um the leader of the pack, like the other people were still in the pack, you know? Mm. But I feel like a lot of them probably wouldn't have done it if it weren't for this person's like confidence in like, let's just fucking do it. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like when a drunk driver is like, it's fine. I can drive. And everyone yeah. gets in the car, you know, <laughs> <laughs> everyone gets in the car, Ugh. even though they saw them drink. And like, that is in itself. Like, I know. Hey, listen, I'm, I don't judge you at all. Uh, so many people. I judge me. Yeah, but that's, you can judge you, sure, yeah. but that's not my place to judge you for that. No, I've definitely made d- decisions comparable. Ooh, hold on. Our food's here. Oh, thank God. I know. I'm so I'm hungry. So hungry. All right. Let's get this show on the We're back. Up. We just ate a lot of pasta and drank some wine and talked about old friends who are no longer with us not dead just <laughs> not with us yeah that we're not friends with anymore that are no longer with us like currently in the room yeah <laughs> they're just it's simply the truth they're not with us right now they're not with us um they are no longer it's with like us. the moon in like a water sign or something no it was in virgo i'm feeling yes. very it isn't a water sign? no 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 virgo i was confirming i don't know why i'm why i am i'm feeling extra sentimental this week about these friends yeah interesting I don't know, I'm manic, so I'm sure I'm just hyper-fixating. I get it. Well, anyway, on to the bling ring. Anyway, I miss you, Justin Fortin. On to the bling ring. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're drinking wine now. It's a whole new, it's a whole new vibe. <laughs> um, we're not alcoholic. <laughs> we don't need wine to elevate our moods. It just helps. We just do drink it almost every day. <laughs> JK, I drink it like once a week with you. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, same. I don't drink alone anymore. Yeah, same. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> like this month I'm not drinking alone. Yeah, me neither. 
<laughs> no, I actually am not. Okay. I'm not either. No, I know. I know. I was saying it's actually for me because the way I said it sounded like I was joking. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so the Hollywood Hills Burglar Bunch, a.k.a. the Bling Ring, um, were a group of convicted thieves. Not the same as the Manson family. No. <laughs> Only thing that they have in common is that they're a group of people committing crimes in the Hollywood Hills. Okay, great. I yeah. I wanted to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not the same as the Manson family. So here's the thing. Um, this is This is a bunch of teens. If you're not familiar, there is a movie that came out starring Emma Watson, kind of one of the first heinous attempts at an American accent she did. God so awful. God, ugh, now I'm thinking about Little Women and uh, her accent in that is so and rough. I think we would have had Emma, Emma Stone, Stone if it weren't for the favorite. That's, that's her. <laughs> Joe. Joe, but I want to be married. <laughs> Just because my dreams are different doesn't mean they're not as valuable. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. John so. stole my glove. <laughs> <laughs> Civil War era Emma Stone. It's what we deserve. So anyway. <laughs> I'm just mad at Greta Gerwig. That's all I want yeah. to say. It's like, well, I don't understand why. How do you go from Emma Stone to Emma Watson? What'd she, what'd she do? Just plot a Rolodex? Literally, literally just like <laughs> flipping through the Emmas. It's like, well, I guess Hermione Granger is next. <sighs> anyway, I do love Emma Watson when she does not speak with an American accent. But as soon as you force her to do an American accent... It's so bad. The suspension of disbelief, I'll be honest, <laughs> runs thin. Really runs thin. Um, and so she plays Alexis Nyers, or the Alexis Nyers, like, character in The Bling Ring, the Sofia Coppola movie that is based on a book that's based on an article about this case. So if you've seen the movie The Bling Ring, you probably don't actually know a lot about the actual events, but it is based on actual events, which a lot of people don't know, weirdly. I've found. Oh, a lot really? of people don't know that. Yeah. Well, at least maybe I'm just maybe I'm friends Freaks. with a bunch of fucking clueless yeah, of fucking nerds. But um but um I'm kind of moving non-linearly right now just so that to catch everybody up to speed. But if you're familiar with the viral video of Alexis Nyers <laughs> calling Nancy Joe um, to complain about her Vanity Fair article. Nancy, Joe. This, this is, is Alexis Nyers' call. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I'm, I'm very so disappointed that you like You said that I was wearing six-inch Louis Vuitton heels when I was wearing, wearing four-inch inch BB heels. heels with a tweed skirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mom goes, $24! Every time you yell, I have to re-record! So if you haven't, if, if what we just uh, dramatized for you is not ringing a bell. I'm so sorry, but there. This is a viral video from the TV show um, Pretty Wild, is what it was called. That's it. So she was. Um, she had a reality television unrelated to these incidents. That it just so happened while they were recording the reality mm. television show is when she got arrested for these crimes. So then the reality show became way more famous because the girl from the Bling Ring was in this reality show. But because they had already been filming her, they were already, they were able to catch 
this beautiful moment of her calling Nancy Joe, the journalist that um, covered her the like bling ring case in Vanity Fair. And um, the name of it was like the defendant wore Louis Batons or something like also Nancy Joe. Yeah, huge cunt. But here's the thing. This is something that I didn't know. That Vanity Fair article that she wrote, mm-hmm. she then wrote, she or someone, it, it, that's what the Bling Ring book is based on. Yeah. So the movie is based on the article that Alexis Nyers calls Nancy Joe about, yeah. which I did not know that the movie was directly based on that article. Oh, I thought okay. it was based on like just the fact that this happened at oh, all. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that makes so much more sense why the movie is so inaccurate because the article was so inaccurate. And yeah. as we all know, because there's a viral video about how inaccurate it is. Yeah. And also like Nancy Joe has like copped to like drop, like to make, dramatize it, she, embellishing she, she, it. Yeah, yeah, she never pretended not to. Sorry to interrupt your. No, no, no. You want to get into the frame of mind of the bling ring? Go pop in Palo Alto, drink an Angry Orchard, smoke a spliff. It's 2013 <laughs> again, baby. Now that we're all caught up to speed on the maybe cultural touchstones that we might more that we're like already familiar with about this case, the summary is that a group of seven teenagers in Calabasas, California. Um, for the duration of about a year, from October 2008 to August 2009, robbed the ever-loving <laughs> shit out of Hollywood. <laughs> they broke into so many celebrities' homes and did nothing with that power. That's, to me, the real mistake, <laughs> is that they they ended up robbing these celebrities of, like, several hundred million dollars worth of things, and all they really did with it was, like, have fun you know like they like just bought drugs with like not even they didn't even they would resell things for like a fraction of the price wow and then buy drugs with it and then just like take pictures in like paris hilton's like well were these kids also rich some of them yeah not all of them makes sense but yeah they, they just had no real understanding for like like to me I'm not. I'm not sad that you robbed Paris Hilton. Who yeah, gives no, a that's fuck? So funny. It's funny, especially, and we'll get there. But especially because Paris Hilton straight up did not realize that she was being robbed repeatedly. It didn't. Uh, she did not know. Oh my god! Ew! <laughs> yeah. Ew! You have to tell me if you're so rich that you don't know you're being robbed repeatedly. <laughs> you yeah. have to tell me. Ew! That's when we got famous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I'm like, I honestly don't care. I think this is a victimless crime to rob celebrities yeah hello. <laughs> um but to me the problem lied in that like the people that were doing the robbing were not like taking this money and like robin hooding it or anything they were just being like shitty teenagers that were rich themselves taking pictures in necklaces that they stole from like Audrina Patridge or whatever <laughs> you know like they like didn't they had no they didn't really do anything like I don't know. It, it reminds me kind of of the story that you recently told us about the Soho drifter. Grifter. Why do I say drifter? I always am picturing... I mean, she is a drifter. She but. drifted, but grifted. Um, I don't know why I thought it was a scammer. Where? Well, she, that's what scamming is. Soho no, I know, sc- but I thought she had... I call her the Soho scammer. I think that she has multiple names. It's okay. fine. Anyway, I like that story, you know, unforgivable, oh. the thing that she did to her best friend. But, like, allegedly... The point of scamming all those people was to do something with that money and start a business, you know? Yeah. Whether we find that... Um, ugh, Buffy, stop making all these noises. <laughs> this is why we don't record here. Um, 
rather than like whether you care about the business that she wanted to start or not she's doing it for a reason she's doing it for a reason and these kids are like ju- they were like wouldn't it be cool and kind of yeah yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but it's still annoying you know they're kind of like these um entitled little pricks and i don't love that so I'm not, I am not at all putting these kids on a pedestal. I'm just here to, I'm just I here am. to, I'm just here to tell their story. We're Hi. truth tellers. Uh, I'm a truth teller. We are truth, we are truth seekers. We are truth tellers. Uh, <laughs> we believe in getting down to the bottom of it. So. All right, whatever. <laughs> the story goes as follows. Um, That's the story. So there's seven teenagers, Calabasas-based teenagers involved. Rachel Lee Nick Prugo, Alexis Nyers, Diana Tamayo, Courtney Ames, Johnny Ajar, Ajar, um, and Roy Lopez Jr. Um, The story begins with Rachel Lee and Nick Prugo. They went to a um, certain school together. I think uh, Calabasas High School is they, they went to that high school together but did not know each other at the high school. And then they both later transferred to Indiana Hills High School, which was an, an alternative high school for like troubled kids. Oh. And it was at that school that they became friends and kind of bonded over their like recklessness and their um, just like excitement for like, you know, doing drugs and being bad. And so, um, there is a person that knew Nick through a mutual friend named, um, Eden or Eden, whatever, who was the only non-celebrity that we know of that they robbed before they started robbing celebrities. And I guess like Nick and Eden had their mutual friend, by the way, was the, the guy who played, um, or maybe he wasn't their mutual friend, but a guy that they hung out with together was the guy who played Peter Pan in the live action, Peter Pan. Oh my God. Jeremy, or not Jeremy Isaac. That's the, the one who plays hook and the dad, um, uh, Jeremy Sumter. Okay. Oh, yeah. every girly's like, sexual awakening yes, in two. Th- what was that? Two thousand three. <laughs> so Nick Prugo and this boy, this this homeboy Eden, are hanging out with Peter Pan, and there's all this like weird interpersonal friendship drama. Um, and basically, Nick and Eden are like frenemies. They like kind of hate each other. They like are fighting on MySpace all the time because <laughs> it's two thousand eight. And you um, simply had to be there. <laughs> and Eden is f- fucking rich, chalked like not not um not Paris Hilton rich, but he's like absolutely stuffed to the gills with privilege. This kid, um, and Nick and Rachel decide it would be funny to um, rob him when they see he posts something, he posts a bulletin on MySpace saying that he'll, he's like going to like, I don't know, Mexico with his family or something. But like he posts a bulletin on MySpace saying that his family's going on vacation and Nick and Rachel are like, LOL, let's go rob Eden. This will be funny. (laughs) So they go, um, and they successfully steal like a bunch of money from his like family safe. And then they take his car for a joy ride. (laughs) Um, and they proceed to do this several times by just learning what Eden is up to based on what his like whereabouts say on MySpace. So every time he's not home, they go and rob his house. And it's, I think, only a couple of times. But one time, they successfully steal his laptop out of his room while his dad is home. 
So this is when they get cocky. They're like, damn, we're fucking burglars. We can do this shit. So they start checking cars in like the, in Beverly Hills and stuff, like Mm -hmm. in like really rich neighborhoods. And people just like leave their cars unlocked in these like gated communities because Mm -hmm. they feel so safe. Or they used to. I don't know. I wonder if the bling ring has changed that. But um, they just, they would, they ended up stealing like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of like just random, like money in these cars and like the wow. things that people were keeping in their cars. Maybe just tens of thousands when they were at the car phase, but still a, a bunch of fucking money they steal. Yeah. And um, uh, because it's in these rich neighborhoods, they start thinking about like who else lives in these rich neighborhoods. Like it would be so funny to rob someone uh, that is like a celebrity and rich and is like too stupid to notice and they like brainstorm and they're like who do we think would literally not notice if we robbed them paris hilton Uh so nick and rachel and so this is their first time like robbing a celebrity and it begins a year of doing this to many more celebrities but they literally they just go on Google Maps. Well, they first go on celebrityhomearials.com, mm-hmm. which we're all familiar with. Yes. Um, because it's fun to look at how enormous celebrities' houses are. And that's kind of the whole point of the that website is just to see the above view of these enormous mansions. Nobody thought anyone would do anything with, like, these aerial views. But these two teenagers, these two troubled teens... Um, realized that through these aerial views and in conjunction with, like, Google Maps... They were able to figure out ways to get into a gated community without, mm. like, breaking in, technically. And they're just, like, they figure out that Paris Hilton, it wouldn't be that hard to get to her <laughs> her door. And then they're like, and she probably just has, has a fucking key under the mat. <gasps> they get to her house. They ring the doorbell to make sure There's she's not, not home. a key under the mat. Wait, Nika, it's worse than that. Oh, no. They get to her house. They ring the doorbell, to, and, like, nobody comes, so they know that the house is empty. They look under the mat and a key is there. But then just to check, they just open the door to see if she left it unlocked. Bitch left her door unlocked. Uh. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, they had already, they had learned from their time robbing their friend that you can always tell what, where someone is. And this is also what the people who robbed Kim Kim Kardashian Kardashian did. You can tell where someone is because of their social media. So they, they purposefully waited until they saw paparazzi photos and or, like, MySpace posts from Paris Hilton with her, like, somewhere else. That's so funny. So that's how they, like, knew to go then. So they get into Paris Hilton's house because she left the door unlocked and also a key under the mat. Both are ridiculous, but together... Paris, I know you're trying to rebrand as a smart girl now, but what? (laughs) She's, She's like, I like how Paris Hilton lately is like, all of that was an act. Yeah. And it's like... Was that part of the act? Leaving but, your door unlocked? I mean, to be honest, though, the house I grew up in, no one on our street, including us, locked our door until we got robbed. Yeah, but if you're Paris Hilton... Yeah, but she was in a gated community. I know, but whatever. I, I mean, it's a false sense of protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, sure. security, rather. And she had security cameras, but she never, apparently, ever looked at them oh because she just didn't know that she was getting, like, robbed blind by these teenagers. That's so funny. So, they go into Paris Hilton's house, um, and they, like, immediately... Anybody who's seen a Paris Hilton tour of her home, which she's done several of these, all of us know Paris Hilton has so much fucking shit. It's borderline hoarding, but because her house is so big, she gets away with it. (laughs) But she just, like, has so much shit. She has stuff that, like... 
And according to her, it's because, you know, she had this very traumatic experience where she went to this, like, mental hospital, essentially, as a teenager, where they didn't let her have anything. Mm -hmm. So as an adult, she's, like, always just wanted... She's, like, just always made a point to get herself anything she wants and to, like, keep things that bring her comfort and whatever. More power to her. like you and every other hoarder, babe. I know. But whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Live how you want. Um, Point being, she had so much shit that they were able to rob her like just take so much that and that when they they also left with eighteen hundred dollars in cash each uh, of just random money that was laying around the house oh my god i want to do this the drugs yeah i would buy well that's what they did with it uh, um I and um they also took a bottle of gray goose mm-hmm. and a bunch of designer clothes the first time they went to her house L-O-L. they went to her house so many times that um Eventually, Rachel just took the key from under Paris's doormat and put it on her keychain. <laughs> and then when they went back, when they went back the, again, Paris had just replaced that key. No! <laughs> but still did not know that she was getting robbed. What did, where did she think the key had gone? I don't know, her dog walker and or not something? To think, I like, don't know. Oh my god, what a dumb fucking bitch. <laughs> Oh my god, Paris. Come on the pod, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Paris, we'd love to talk to you about your iconic mistake. About you being a moron. Love you, girl. Um, another element to this story is that when we fast forward to the actual filming of the movie The Bling Ring, no celebrity involved in these robbings wanted anything to do with this movie except for Paris Hilton, who not only agreed to help them with, like, writing the movie and giving oh, her wow. a version of events, but she let them film the scenes about robbing her in her house. In her house. Wow. Well, and that's cool. Is it? Or is it just her being like, I don't fucking care. Like, to me, it's just like, because Orlando Bloom was another person who got robbed, and he was, like, really traumatized by the experience, apparently. Oh, yeah, grow up. Um, I don't know. I mean, I get it. When when you get robbed, it's like a violation. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Teenagers and you have millions of dollars. I don't feel bad for you. Well, no. He wasn't traumatized by w- what had happened. He was traumatized by the experience because before he knew who did it, he thought, like, his assistant was robbing him. Oh, okay, he okay, thought, okay. like, his, like, brother might... Or, you know, like, he thought that the people around him were just taking shit. And it really made him have trust issues for yeah. a long time. So okay, he... That's real. That's real. So he, like, did not want anything to do with the movie. And I'll get to his portion of the story in a second. All, the whole point that I'm trying to get to is that, like, all these other celebrities were like, no, that was actually, like, a really fucked up thing that happened that, like, gave me trust issues and made me feel like someone, like, anyone could just come into my house at any time. Yeah. And Paris Hilton was like, yeah, you can film in any room. <laughs> That's so <laughs> no room is off limits. I love that. I want it to be as realistic as possible. And uh-huh. I'm, like, part of me is like, that's cool, but it's also, like, just kind of further shows how much this, like, didn't matter to her. Yeah. Which is, like, a further proof of, I don't know, how, like, grossly privileged she is, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, she's a billionaire. Yeah. I think. So then, um, now that they're getting, like, now that they're like, hey, they're, like, bragging to some of their friends. They're like, we've been robbing Paris Hilton's <laughs> house, and it's been so fun. And, like, they were, like, drinking her alcohol while they were there. Like, they were just, like... Yeah, every time Paris is out of town, we go to her house. That's so funny. <laughs> um, and the, mind you, they don't, like, know her. They're not, like, yeah. famous people. They're just, like, two kids in Calabasas that are like, let's go to Paris Hilton's house. Oh, my God. So their friend Roy Lopez Jr. Um, and their friend Courtney Ames and their friend Diana Tamayo start joining in on the fun. Um, Diana was student body president of Indian Hills... <laughs> 
<laughs> high school where they went. Um, she had been awarded a $1,500 future teacher scholarship after graduation. Um, she drove a Lincoln Navigator. Um, but all that being said, she was also kind of known for having a rough and tumble side. She and Rachel were kind of known for being like the, like that they, uh, got into fights at school and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know? So she had this kind of like, you know, she was kind of already living a double life, but then it cemented when, um, when Rachel and Nick started bringing her on their little excursions. Yeah. Um, and what can I say about Courtney? <laughs> Courtney Ames's um, stepfather was Randy Shields. And it was through Courtney that um, the group met um, Roy Lopez Jr. and Johnny Ajar. Um, and Johnny is better better known as Johnny Dangerous. He's a famous club promoter in Los Angeles. Wildly inappropriate age difference. Mm. Um, no! <laughs> um, Sorry, everyone. My head just blew up. There's chunks everywhere. Um, he was a former convict and a club promoter, and I will say, maybe Hot. don't maybe don't date a high schooler is all I have to say about that. But anyway... It's not the age difference I have a problem with, but more the life experience. Um, yeah, and he was, like, known for, um, uh, jo- like, Johnny Dangerous was, like, known for... He was a club promoter for Les Doux, which we've talked about on the pod before. It's where, um, like, celebrities in the early aughts and in, in the late aughts w- would go in Los Angeles, and it was, like, one of the only big clubs that, like, both normal people and celebrities could go to, so it was really mm-hmm. fun. I think it's the club that Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, and Lindsay Lohan were photographed outside of together. Oh, okay. It's, like, it's just, it's, if you're into, like, t- early 2000s pop culture, they do is, like, a big club where things would happen. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Dangerous is, like, a, a promoter of that club, and, like, he was also a drug dealer um he just he was like quote unquote bad news maybe not the person for um courtney to date but whatever and so um and alexis nyers has still not entered the picture at this point which is funny because she's the most famous of the group and everyone thinks of her as like having been there for the whole thing but she really only joined at the very end um and then became famous for it which is very funny um so Nick, Rachel, Courtney, and Roy, and Diana, um, go to Paris's like one last time, and they take two million dollars worth of jewelry in a Louis Vuitton duffel bag. Uh-huh. And this, this is the first time Paris realizes that she's been robbed. Wait, because they took the wait. You said they took two hundred million and. In- Cash? Two million dollars worth of jewelry oh, and the duffel bag. And the duffel bag. Which is, you know, a designer duffel bag. Yeah. Wait, so what tips are off? Is it the jewelry or Just the duffel bag? Just that two million dollars worth. Like, at, but before that, they were taking designer clothes. I don't even they were know taking... how much, like, ju- like, physical jewelry that would be. A lot. It filled the duffel bag. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Like, a ton of jewelry. Okay, so this tips are off. She's like, oh, I've been robbed. Oh, okay. Um, and, um, I guess... Like, she recovers some, like, um, security footage, but they're not able... Like the, the, So the cops are working on her case, but there's not, like, a big story about it. There's maybe, like, a TMZ thing. Like, Paris Hilton has been robbed, but they don't... Yeah. Like, it's not connected to these kids yet. 
Okay. So they're like, hey, there's like, maybe they're on to us at Paris's. Where else should we go? Rather than let's stop, they're like, where else can we go? So they start um, looking into like celebrities that have high value things that they're like interested in taking. So one such celebrity is um, Audrina Patridge. Patridge? Patridge? Um, she is a, um, like, television personality, actress, model. Um, she was in The Hills. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they Google her watch. She's got a very expensive watch. And that's the other thing. Eventually their Google histories are all recovered. So that's how we know they did all this, like, you know, looking at their, um, the celebrity homes from above thing. And, like, that's how we know that they, they had this, all of them had, like, very heavily Googled Audrina's, um, watch. Um, and they decide that the night to go, uh, rob her is when they see that, um, Audrina's going to Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher's Oscar party. Uh. Um, they're like, great. She's not going to be home. She's going to be at this Oscar party. Oh no. So they go to her house. The door was unlocked. Oh my god. Again. Right. <laughs> um, they took a bunch of jewelry, they took her passport, they took her laptop. Why take her passport, first of all? What is that worth to you? Just for funsies. I know, seriously. And then they take a pair of custom jeans that are for her, like specifically for her body. Uh, um, can you take her collar off? Because the jingle is just gonna keep coming in and it's yeah. driving me crazy. Yeah, no, I'll take care of your dog for you. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm used to it. <laughs> I literally hate you. Anya's a latchkey mom. <laughs> yeah, Buffy, let yourself in. Mommy will be home later tonight. Um, <laughs> so, all in all, they take $43,000 worth of stuff from Audrina's house. Oh, my God. Um, and Audrina posted the next day on her blog about um, that she got robbed. And then she posted the surveillance footage on her website. And that spreads all over TMZ. And, you know, Nick is, like, freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, we're going to get caught, like, between this and Paris Hilton. And Rachel's like, no, we're not. It's not. Like, don't worry about it. We'll just go somewhere else. And so then they just keep going. They're still not caught. There's, like, you know, the cops are, like, looking into it. The cops haven't even really put together that these, that um, the Paris and Audrina robberies are connected. Mm Because people get robbed all the time. So, like, they didn't know that it was the same person. So then, <laughs> um, a few months, or like a month later, I'm trying to, wait, a few months later, they target Rachel Bilson, who was in um, the OC. California. <laughs> so, um, they, they burgle Rachel Bilson's home. Uh, not th- Rachel. What? I meant like not rate of all, you know, oh, Rachel yeah. Bilson alone. They they burgle her home three to six times um during April and May two thousand nine, amounting to between a hundred and thirty thousand to three hundred thousand dollars of stolen property. Um let's see. That's so funny that like for these people, like for the people being robbed, like that amount of money is like Nothing. Literally, it's like pocket change. 
But, you know, it's like their pride. They're like, but don't come into my home. And that yeah. I understand. But still, it's yeah, like, no, fucking calm down. <laughs> so, um, and it was the same thing. They, like, Googled her, um, checked out her house online, waited until there were pap- paparazzi photos of her somewhere else. And then they, yeah, they went to her house um, upwards of, like, yeah, five to six times, stole that much money. Um, and then they literally got so comfortable going to her house because they went there so many times that Rachel Lee, the, the one of the burglars, shit in Rachel Bilson's house. She, like, took a shit in the toilet. She, like, Whoa. went to the bathroom while robbing this person. That's oh how God. comfortable they were getting. And um, happens. it was during their next round of robberies that Alexis Nyers joins. And, oh, by the way, Johnny Dangerous has not joined them, but he is their fence. So they keep selling him stuff for him to resell. Okay. That's his involvement. I forgot to mention that. Um, he's like, yeah, I'll, like, help my high school girlfriend get away with these robberies um and so they would sell him like hundreds of thousands dollars worth of stuff for like two thousand dollars and then they'd go buy drugs with like two thousand dollars but it's like get a part-time job like if you're gonna do this robbery do it right like sell those things yeah for the money that they're worth so um their friend alexis nyers who is um currently filming at this point not currently currently but at this point in the story filming her reality television show called pretty wild with her um adopted sister and they're like these two crazy basically they're trying to do the hills they're like let's follow around two rich girls in calabasas and that's like what laguna beach and the hills were yeah um so the uh these people all know Alexis Nyers. Um, I forgot actually how they know her. Hold on, let me check. Oh, um, she also went to Indian Hills. <laughs> Everyone went to this fucking troubled kids' school. Um, at one point, Alexis Nyers was kicked out of her house by her mother, and um, she was like living in like a hotel. But, like, a nice one. Like, a rich person. Like, she was just, like, living alone with her sister with this, like, film crew following them. Being like, aren't we just fucking crazy? Um, And so they, I don't know, just, like, privilege out of the fucking eyeballs. That's what happens when you get kicked out of your mom's house. You live just kind of in a hotel on your mom's dime while you get filmed for MTV and become famous. Like, I don't know. To me, I have no sympathy for her. I do. She had a, like, heroin problem as a teenager. I have sympathy for that. I just mean for, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, poor you, you got kicked out of your mom's house. No, but I mean, I feel bad that she had such a horrible parent. That I she... mean, I feel bad for... These, I feel bad for all of these kids, These kids, kids were honest. all failed by their parents yeah, big no, time. I, big time. Yes. Which goes to show you that privilege... I mean, is you know, it's it only goes so far. It only goes so far. It's only such. It's a- not like it like gives you an automatic like good emotional life. Yeah. So Alexis joins them, but it's because she's like on a bender. I don't. According to her, she didn't really like look at it as like, oh, we're going and robbing celebrities' houses. She's like, oh, I'm going and doing drugs with my friends, and then just kind of going along for the ride for like what it is that they do while they do drugs, mm-hmm. and they're like, we're gonna go rob Orlando Bloom. <laughs> She was like, what? According to her. Could have been that she was much more involved than that. But, um, And it's also possible that she was there for at least one of the Rachel Bilson robberies. But there's no... Rachel didn't have any surveillance footage. So we don't know for sure. Okay. Um, so their next target is Orlando Bloom and Miranda Kerr's house. 
Um, Rachel Lee, not Rachel Bilson. Rachel Bilson joins the fun. <laughs> uh, Rachel Lee ahead of time goes and cuts a hole in their fence the day before they go rob them, which is very like premeditated. I mean, all of it is premeditated, but that to me is like, ugh. oh my god, I don't know that. I love that. <laughs> um, before leaving the robbery where they take up to five hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. Um, they're like on their way out and before leaving, Rachel Lee is about to move to Las Vegas with her dad. And so she's like, oh, wait, one more thing. And she steals a full blown rug and a painting because she wants it for her new room oh. in Las Vegas. Oh, my God. She's like, oh, it'd be so funny to have like Orlando Bloom's rug in my new room. So um, that's like one of the things that tips it over the edge for them to like know for sure that they got robbed. Oh, my God. They're like the, a rug and a painting is missing. It's not like, hey, did I misplace this jewelry or, you know, like. <laughs> Christ. They're getting sloppy at this point. Um, and like I said, Orlando Bloom, um, because I, I guess they stole his Rolex watch collection and that was hidden in such a way that he found it very implausible for a burglar to have found it. Like he thought that only someone he knew in real life and like trusted okay. would have been able to steal it. And that's why he started getting paranoid and not trusting the people around him. It was Kara Knightley. <laughs> yeah, Kara Knightley <laughs> in full Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. garb. She's like, what? It's It's method. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the third movie. Why I don't understand why you're mad. Well, why are you mad? I don't oh God, understand. She and Emma Stone have the same laugh, kind of. They both go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, they're selling all this shit to Johnny Dangerous, and he's reselling it to them for them, and then giving them like not a lot of money back, and then they're just blowing it all on like heroin and alcohol and coke, basically. I've been there. <laughs> Minus the heroin. Um, and apparently during the robbery, Alexis threw up, like, in their yard or something. Mm -hmm. And she says it's because she was nervous, but it's, like, fully because she was on heroin and, like, <laughs> freaking out. Really, doing coke and being dehydrated will do that to you? I know. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> So then they're like, at this point, it's like kind of being more and more well publicized that like actors are having their, where famous people are having their homes targeted and uh -huh. like robbed of like random bullshit. Um, they also like clearly don't know what a lot of stuff is worth. There's a lot of like really expensive stuff in all of these homes that they don't even touch. Mm -hmm. And not in a like, because they, they're like trying to make it not obvious. Like at this point, they're like, it's not. The Paris, Hilton, the Paris Hilton days are over. They're not trying to, like, cover their tracks anymore. They're, like, ransacking these houses. Yeah. And, like, leaving some of the most expensive stuff there because they have no actual concept of what it is they're after. They're just after the adrenaline rush, basically. Yeah. So, Rachel is obsessed with Lindsay Lohan at this point, And as she should be, it was 2008, 2009. That's when Lindsay Lohan was popping off that girl <laughs> well no that was 2004 wait oh my god really <clears throat> yeah oh my god, i'm so old <gasps> um confessions of a teenage drama queen and mean girl came out in mean girls both came out in 2004 oh my god, i want to die yeah no this is i'm saying like this is Lindsay lohan like party girl off the rails era oh okay like why'd you, why'd you call paris a cunt i didn't <laughs> we have it on tape paris is my friend <laughs> <laughs> yes that Lindsay. <laughs> okay yeah um the beginning of the end yeah so rachel is obsessed with Lindsay lohan and she's like and nick is getting really nervous he doesn't want to keep doing it the rest of the group is just kind of they're like they're just along for the ride um it's really nick and rachel who are like still the 
the like president and vice president of this mm-hmm. little after school club that they have going on. Um, and Nick is like, he wants out at this point. He's getting more nervous because there's all these celebrities that are like, I'm getting robbed. And it just is obvious to him that they're going to get caught. Yeah. And Rachel is like, okay, well, if we're going to stop, we have to at least do Lindsay Lohan's house <sighs> before we stop. Like we have to. Um, and Rachel lives in Vegas now. So she comes back to Calabasas specifically to rob Lindsay Lohan's house. I love this girl. So um, she comes back to L.A. um, and they steal some watches, some designer bags, some clothes, and it all comes out to about $130,000 worth of stuff. Um, They ripped the safe off of the wall, ransacked the house. um, And Lindsay's security camera footage shows that it's the same kids as Audrina. Like, finally, the police are able to be like, these are definitely the same kids. Okay. Um, Still, they're not caught, though. And they're, they're getting cocky. They're like, damn, we're never going to get caught. Like, that doesn't happen to kids like us. So then they're like, fuck it. While we're robbing random baddies from the 2000s, let's just pop by Megan Fox's house. Oh, my God. So they go to Megan Fox's house. Um, they get in through the doggy door because Megan Fox is apparently the only person in Los Angeles that locks her <laughs> fucking door. <laughs> um, they get in through the doggy door because Diana is teeny tiny, so, so petite. She unlocks it from the inside for them. Also, where are all these people's alarms? That's systems? what I was just going to say. What? Like, you couldn't even do this at, like, my dad's house. And he just lives in a fucking normal-ass, like, yeah. middle-class house in a, like, small town. Yeah, my dad lives in a horrible And he has a full-blown, like, security system. Same. So it's very funny to me that, like, 2009, Megan Fox and Lindsay Lohan were like... That's so funny. Well, again, I mean, when, you know, when you're in that kind of environment. Yeah, but they had cameras, so it's not like they didn't know at all to look out for it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Point is, at Megan Fox's, they take um, lingerie, pills, and Austin Green's gun, because he was her boyfriend at the time, and he had a gun at their house. Mm-hmm. And they resell the gun with D- Johnny Dangerous, which I think is really funny, because guns are, like, one of the more, like, illegal things to, like, sell without a license like at this point they're like breaking serious laws (laughs) yeah um and then they had the audacity to keep bragging about this to their friends oh no so nick little nervous nick the one who wanted to stop is actually the reason that they end up getting caught because he brags at a party about how like they've been to paris's house they've been to Lindsay's house they've been to megan fox's house They've been to Orlando Bloom's house. And somebody overhears him bragging about this and um, call the police. A little, oh. little snitch. Oh but still, God. I mean, I get it. It's like, dude, what the fuck? You're really going to talk about this, like, so brazenly? So the police look into Nick. And they see on his social media, like, they, they kind of connect all these other kids to him on social media. And they're able to identify in their social media photos items that were stolen from these celebrities' houses. So they were, like, wearing necklaces from Lindsay Lohan's house and a watch from Miranda Kerr's house and there's a handbag from Paris Hilton's house. Like, Mm -hmm. they're sloppy as fuck. Yeah. Um, And they're able to kind of, like, start identifying them in the security footage of the houses that did have security footage. Um, And they arrest Nick on suspicion of robbery. And, you know, Nick does a good old job at first. He, um, like 
doesn't say anything, like, you know, waits for his right to a lawyer, all that stuff. Um, they let him go after some, like, questioning that he doesn't, like, he doesn't break. Um, so they let him go. And then, like, but he knows it's only a matter of time. Like, he knows mm-hmm. that, that they're on to him. So he freaks out. And he's like, you know, he's heard of times where if you're the one who rats everyone else out, you get a better situation. So he, this fucking dumbass, this to me is probably, this is the number two mistake. I'll tell you what I think the number one mistake was when we get there. Obviously, all of this is a mistake because it's breaking the law and it's violating people's privacy and it's, you know, a bad thing. But it's also a little bit iconic. So I don't think the story itself is what I would qualify as a mistake. But to me, one of the biggest mistakes is that Nick fucking Prugo goes back to the police and without securing a plea deal, tells them everything. He doesn't first make sure that his ass is covered even a little bit. Oh, hasn't he watched SVU? And he tells them everything, and including telling them details about robberies that they had not even found out about yet. Oh, no. He tells them so much that it's now connecting dots to cases for them that they didn't even realize were were connected. Oh, like no. they were only suspicious of him for like basically the Lindsay Lohan and um Adrena robberies, I think. Something like only like two out of the six robberies. They were like, Oh, well, thanks for all that information and for all of your friends' names. Um, who we already kind of suspected because there's photos of them with like rich people's stuff. Thanks for the info, babe. So they, like, arrest them all. Um, It's on Alexis Nyer's um, TV show, Pretty Wild, when she gets arrested. Um, And the rest is kind of, like, very much what you would expect. They, like... I think it's really... It's Rachel that gets four years in prison, um, but she only serves, like, a year of that time because she's, like, a privileged pretty... She's not white, but... She's, like, a privileged, pretty Los Angeles girl Uh with essentially, um, what's the, she's got, uh, not being black privilege. You know what I mean? Like, she's, she's Asian, but, so I wouldn't call it white privilege, but, like, I feel like it would have been way harder on all of these kids if any of them were black. black. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a very, like, slap-on-the-wrist sentencing with, like, very little time served of that sentence. And, um, I don't know. She's, like, said things where she's, like, she takes full responsibility for her actions and she's learned from her mistakes. But then, like, in in the next breath, she'll say things about how, like, she was so young and didn't know what she was doing and it was, like, peer pressure. During all this um, is when the Vanity Fair article comes out. Um, there's also speculations that they're, that they had robbed Courtney Kardashian and Hayden Panettiere because their homes had been robbed right around the same time, but there's no evidence that officially confirms that. And none of them had admitted to that. Um, and you know, Nick admitted to like everything. So Mm -hmm. it's unlikely, but that's suspected by some people. They like recover, there are laptops and um, they find <laughs> it's so stupid. The things that they tried to do to cover their tracks, they are able to restore the memory completely on these laptops of these kids that they had wiped the laptop memory. Mm-hmm. And one of their most recent Google searches <laughs> before wiping their laptop was like, do Google searches count against you in, oh, uh, in court? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, 
no. And like, can can they recover laptops if you wipe the memory? Oh my god. And then like, there's so much shit that they recovered from these laptops, including all the Google searches that I had described, all the like social media searches that they used to figure out when each celebrity would be not home. Um, and just videos of them, like, hanging out in these celebrities' clothes and, like, dancing around wearing their, like, jewelry and stuff, like, being, like, proud of it. And that they obviously realized was stupid and deleted, but didn't realize that you can restore deleted stuff. Insane. She, they all plead, like, no contest, which is basically not, or plead, no contest is basically, like, guilty light. Yeah. Um, it's like, I didn't not do it. is what no contest is um so yeah rachel pleads no contest nick pleaded no contest um and was sentenced to two years in prison he received a credit for a year of time already served um i guess because he had given everyone else up but they didn't even they didn't have to do that you know he didn't secure that first Courtney Ames was sentenced to three years of probation, two months of community service. Um, She had admitted to having received a jacket stolen from Paris Hilton, but didn't admit to, like, being there and stealing it herself. Okay. Um, Roy Lopez Jr. was sentenced um, after pleading no contest. Um, He was given three years probation. Diana pled no contest to having burgled Lindsay Lohan's house. She was sentenced to three years of probation and 60 days of community service. Um, If convicted at trial, she would have faced up to six years in prison. And then Alexis Nyers, um, after learning that Orlando Bloom was willing to testify against her, Nyers agreed to plead no contest um, to the residential burglary of his house. She was sentenced to a jail term of 180 days with an additional three years of probation and was ordered to pay $600,000 worth of restitution to the actor. Wow. During her stay um, at the detention facility, um, she occupied the same cell block as Lindsay Lohan. Wow. While Lindsay Lohan was there for her own special reasons. Oh my god. Um, and... Yeah, she was arrested again later on in for possession of heroin. Um, and I guess because of that, her previous arrest with like Orlando, the Orlando Bloom situation, the consequence consequences were worse for the yeah. heroin thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I cover everyone? Oh, um, and then that guy, what Johnny Danger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, was previously sentenced to three years in prison for selling cocaine. He was initially faced with 10 felony charges, six counts of possession for sale of controlled substance, three counts of possession for possession of a firearm by a felon, one count of possession of ammunition, and pleaded not guilty to all of them. Later, he pleaded no contest for selling cocaine and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Um, and one count of receiving receiving stolen property. The stolen property charge referred to um, the Rolex watch that he sold. He resold that was Orlando Bloom's. And the reason, the another reason why, like, no, like this wasn't. They didn't get in so much more trouble than they did is because a lot of these celebrities didn't want to like fight them in court. Yeah. Orlando Bloom was really the only one that like testified against these kids oh, and stuff. Bitch. Well, I mean, he wasn't literally the only one, but he was, like, the one that made the biggest stink about it, and it's because it bothered him a lot more than it bothered the other ones. Um, So, Johnny Danger, 
slash Ajar was um, sentenced to three years in jail. He was released less than a year later. And he was reported to be back in jail very soon after for something else. But here's the real thing. Here's really the biggest mistake of the bling ring. The reason all these kids got off with basically probation, maybe a few months in prison, some of these kids. The reason that it came down to probation alone and they weren't like uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law for the crimes they committed is because the detective that worked on their case, Brett Goodkin, was approached by Sofia Coppola during these trials about her film, The Bling Ring, and if he wanted to, like, help her. And he, for not even that much money, he ended up only making, like, I think something like $12,000 off of this entire ordeal. Mm-hmm. He helps her write this movie, oh, no. which is a huge conflict of interest. Yeah. Duh. And makes all of the stuff that he, like, found in, during investigation... Basically, like, null and void in court. Oh, what an idiot. Um, so that he got to be... He got to participate in the making of the Bling Ring, the Sofia Coppola movie, but he did not... And it wasn't um, even a good movie. No. <laughs> I was so um, bad. So he is the reason these kids got off with pretty much no consequences, um, which I think is iconic and hilarious, because <sighs> A-Cab, you know? Like, yeah. fuck you, dude. That's so funny. Um... So, yeah, uh, it went on to be a very popular movie in 2013. It is not accurate at all to the real events. Um, Alexis Nyers went on to, like, continue to be a public figure and talk about her um, drug addiction and her sobriety. Um, Pretty much everyone else is, like, not in the world anymore, like, not in the public eye anymore. Yeah, and Paris Hilton... To this day, didn't doesn't really know all the things that they took. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that the most. Yep. So that's just the real story of the Hollywood Hills Burglar Bunch, a.k.a. The Bling Ring. Sounds about right. What do we think the moral of that story is? Um, <laughs> I'd say the moral of the story is that, uh, like, irregardless of wealth and privilege... Um, it is just regardless, by the way, that word, just so you know, I have to go home <laughs> because Anya's being a cunt. <laughs> I, hey, i someone else is going to say it. Um, anyway, <laughs> at least you say anyway, correctly. Some people say anyways, which is incorrect. <laughs> the look that Nika is giving me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to kick your ass? Cause I will. Um, Anyways. <laughs> Moral of the story. I think the moral of the story is that regardless of privilege and wealth, um, teenagers do be struggling. Yeah. Um, and need to be taken care of. Uh, I've, like, read about this before, obviously, because I think alexis nyers has like turned into a really cool person mm-hmm. um and yeah like those kids all you know drug i'm sure addiction played a huge role in all of this um or addictive behaviors 
And mm-hmm. those kids needed help from their parents. I mean, they got off scot-free, obviously, and that is annoying because if, you know, I, I don't, not annoying to me, I don't want to see anyone go to prison. Yeah. But, you know, it's In that. In comparison to how other people Exactly. It's treated. an example. That's the example of the, the privilege that they had. Yeah. But that would be my moral of the story. Yeah, my my moral of the story is definitely that like a, like the the intersection of like wealth and privilege with um MIA parents like these a lot of these kids were teenagers and were not even living with their parents like Alexis Nyers wasn't the only one that wasn't like didn't have a parental figure even living with her at this yeah. point like that's just um such a recipe for disaster and like they're mm-hmm. unchecked they're fucking unchecked ego and privilege where they felt like entitled to go into these other people's spaces and take shit is like you know it's kind of funny because of the people that they chose but that's like the result of like just no parenting happening yeah and like no regard or respect for other people like and I said. maybe they wanted to be caught to be honest like maybe subconsciously you know i talked about this in, in yeah. our first episode about the crazy things i did because i subconsciously wanted to be caught yeah so it was a cry for help i'm sure yeah they were in pain and they were looking for someone to fucking pay attention to them totally <clears throat> i sound like such a mom <clears throat> no but it's but true. it's true and also, uh, another moral of the story is know your rights and don't go blabbing to the cops unless you've secured a plea yeah, deal. Yeah, girl, fucking... come on, secure the bag first. Uh... <laughs> but also, don't throw your friends under the bus either way. That's I mean, absolutely... Do what you need to do. <laughs> That's my opinion. Okay, remind me to not con- commit any crimes with Nika. Yeah, don't, because... The second, abs- the second prison time is on the table. She did it. Yeah, I don't know her. I'm sorry. She made me do it. I, uh, Anya Volz. I'm sorry. Can you say that name again? <laughs> Anya Volz. I don't know her. Yeah, well, good thing I'm not planning on robbing fucking Paris Hilton with you anytime soon. Great. I don't like, want to rob Paris Hilton with you anyway. Our, with our other friends. Great. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> have fun. You can all go to jail and I'll hire Kim Kardashian as your legal team. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Kim Kardashian. Girl boss. <laughs> uh, attorney at law. <laughs> yeah. Girl boss. Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. That's the story. Love you. Love you. Follow us on everything. Send your mistakes at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. We love you. Bye. Bye. P.S. My sources for this um, reporting today were wikipedia.org one of our favorite news sources um and there's a really good youtube video called um the bling ring the story of hollywood teens burglar bunch by um the youtube channel mila tequila Mm -hmm. and then also eden from the story has a youtube video himself his youtube name is eden shizzle and he has a video called i was burglarized by the bling ring um, and so those are two videos that I watched. I also watched a TikTok series by, um, Kalita Rosita, and she has a good series of, uh, TikToks about the bling ring. Um, and I read, um, I did read parts of the Vanity Fair article just to see how fucking obnoxious it was, but I didn't really use anything from it. So, you know what? No credit to that Vanity Fair article. Fuck them. Um, yep. Those are my sources. But I do recommend those um, 
YouTube videos. They're good. Check them out. Okay, bye everyone.